You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, Mike check take two is the audio coming through. <laughs> we are back. Blue Jays fans, Jaybird watching fans, welcome in. We are recording Thursday night as kind of like a pregame show between the Toronto Blue Jays and the Los Angeles Angels, the final game of this four-game series between the two teams. My goodness, what a pitching matchup we have tonight. Jose Barrios against Shohei Otani. Adam, Craig, how are you guys doing, my co-hosts? Doing well. Well, don't you like my new random above ground layer? Yeah, that's the loft treatment. I'm moving out of the basement to, or in the living room, basically, to finally having my own office. I'm kind of feeling like I'm moving on up, just like the Blue Jays. Ow! Yes, yes. You, 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 <laughs> you got went the up the level. View. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. You get to look over. It's it. not quite the CN Tower, but I'm working my way there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you might get there. Hopefully, right. Jays get there too. But uh, they got off to a good start uh, since the last time we recorded in terms of getting into the playoffs. Uh, the unfortunate thing is the Athletics and the Yankees, and then alternating days between the Red Sox and the Rays, they just don't want to seem to lose anymore. But, gentlemen, Adam, Craig, my goodness, I know when we recorded last week, I think we were pretty optimistic about the Blue Jays' chances against the Boston Red Sox last week. I think we all predicted three out of four, so we were correct. But they were this close from sweeping them, and it would have been just a game back of Boston. Had they done that, they leave the series three games back, and we are done with the Boston Red Sox for the year, which is crazy to say, considering that when that series ended, it was still very early August. And there's a lot of baseball left, 50-something games remaining. Blue Jays are three back of the Red Sox, four back of, actually, I guess now four and a half back of Oakland because they won again today against the Cleveland Indians. So, Craig, let's start with you. How awesome was that series, to say the least? Like, it started on Friday. Alec Manoa throws another good game. Saturday, we get a thrilling walk-off win with Marcus Simeon hitting home run in the bottom of the seventh after a really well-pitched game by Robbie Ray. They lose 2-1 in extra innings. Another good start from Jose Barrios, his second good one as a Blue Jay. And then the dramatics of Sunday. Like, I think that series just uh, 
maybe woke up the rest of baseball a little bit and said, yeah, the Blue Jays are firmly in this playoff race. They are ready to go. What were your biggest takeaways from those four games with the Red Sox? I think we made the joke last week that when the Blue Jays were playing the Royals that that maybe I think it was the collective group here that we were saying that Santiago Espinal catch might have been the turning point. I think they completely cemented that whole idea over the weekend here against the Red Sox. The Red Sox are looking like a fractured team at the moment, and they took all advantage of it except for that one game in the doubleheader. And that's unfortunately the Blue Jays MO for doubleheaders at all this year period anyway. So going out of a doubleheader with a split and doing everything else they did that was, you know, properly appropriate. (laughs) I'm going to be okay with it. Um, It was very impressive and they did everything they needed to do to show the American league. East. Hey, guess what? We're here. We're ready to go. And you better watch out. It was just fun to watch. Adam. Uh, It was personally uh, extremely gratifying to see them beat Boston. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't know if people have heard me say this just for the sake of, Clarity, or I guess in some cases redundancy. Um, <clears throat> I don't hate anything in this world besides the Red Sox. It's the only thing I hate. <laughs> it is the only thing I truly despise. Are you sure? Because there's a Y word that I think you probably hate just as much or close to. <laughs> the Yankees? Yes. No. I know you're. No. I know you're near your backyard of Rhode Island. There, you get yeah. you get nothing but. How do you do it with the freaking socks? Yeah, socks kid. <laughs> Socks, the fucking socks. No, I, I, I don't, I don't hate the Yankees nearly as much as I hate the Red Sox. So seeing them and having these games blacked out on MLB TV because technically I'm able That's to watch it. them on cable TV on Nesson. Um, so I had the Nesson feed on, and hearing the uh, the broadcast crew call that Springer shot was a thing <laughs> of glory. It was just perfect. It was it was great. Um, I I agree that that has to be the turning point in the season. That has to be a moment that it's sort of uh, like the Jansen Grand Slam from last mm-hmm. year. And yeah, good call. obviously the Jansen Grand Slam wasn't I don't know if we can mark that as the turning point. Maybe in our minds it was because it stands out so much. But for this year, that is definitely a point where, you know, post trade deadline, can the Jays make a run for it? That Springer home run was definitely the uh, the catalyst for that. So um, it, it was amazing to see, you know, this team is on a tear. You know, this team, despite having uh, two losses sprinkled through there, you know that they're they're eagerly trying to make a playoff push. Um, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I just I am so thrilled that this team is is doing and getting hot at the appropriate time. Like George Springer, perfect time to show up. Perfect time yeah. to show up. So uh, it, it was great to see. So yeah. to that point, because you mentioned a bunch of the things that are actually on the list here about what's really mm. turned down the Blue Jays season. Um, after a little bit, I can't remember which day I posted it, but um, during the Red Sox series, I posted on our Twitter account that, hey, what was the Blue Jays' actual turning point of the season? As we had talked about the Santiago Espinal, and I listed four things. That catch, the fans, the dome field advantage, and then Springer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Springer makes it with 37.8% of the votes. The dome field advantage with a close second place, and then the catch was third and fans fourth, surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. So, but to that point, perfect, right? It's exactly uh, what they needed. I think so, especially because we all predicted three out of four. Uh, it would have been so nice if they got that Saturday game, especially after how well Jose Barrios pitched. But, you know, let the curse of extra innings and just being able to not lock it down. 
on that homestand, that was only two losses, and both of them came in extra innings. Uh, so they were that close from having an absolutely perfect homestand, and it would have had them even closer uh, in the standings to both Oakland and to Boston. They could be level, potentially, with Boston right now if they won that game on Saturday. But we can't look back. We can only look forward. And with that, Adam, how much momentum does this series give them the rest of the year, considering, you know, the doubleheader on Tuesday against the Angels did not start off very well. A lot of bad luck, especially George Springer coming up with runners in scoring position and just yeah. hitting rockets right to Jack uh, Mayfield at third base. And he'd scoop it up for a double play twice, I believe it was, in the late going there. But they won the last two against the Angels. Do you think that Red Sox series just gives them the momentum they need to run the rest of the way and get back into a, or get into a wildcard spot? Yeah. Yeah, I think that when you face a team that was so hot in the beginning of the season, um, we all had the Red Sox written off as pretenders. And then come the All-Star break, even I was the one to say that I think they're legit. Um, We're starting to see a little bit of a tailspin when it comes to the Red Sox. And it's at an appropriate time. When you come, I mean, they were home. So when you're at home and you're able to to host a team – that for the majority of the year has pretty much taken you out to town, right? Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it would have been better if it was Tampa, but beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> when you're able to to take three out of four against a team that we were happy with a split if it happened, um, how can you not ride that wave into L.A.? And yeah, you know, there were some hiccups in game one of the doubleheader. Um, a lot of people are going to be talking about Thornton. Um, a lot of people are going to be talking about Matt's. I get it. And, you know, I know it's on the agenda. Vladdy's not the Vladdy of midseason. Bo is, you know, kind of not performing as well as we would like him to. Um, to be able to scrape out another two wins, this team has to be riding on momentum. And that's not taking away from any of the talent. It's just that these are the games that you're heading into early August, into September. These are rough. These are really rough for players because – they they are feeling it at this point. It's a full yeah. season. They haven't done that since 2019. Yeah, right. it's true. So and most of them, uh, not even that. Yeah, yeah that's true. They're, yeah. they're talking youngsters and whatnot. Minor league seasons are completely different and all that kind of stuff, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. So they're, they're riding. And if they can keep up this momentum, I see no reason why they can't get a wild card uh, spot. And, guys, I'm going to say it, and maybe, Craig, you'll like this because, you know, the Y word. <laughs> Uh, I I don't think that the Yankees are that good. They're really difficult to watch. And what, who are they playing? Kansas City? Well, right now yeah, they're playing yeah. Chicago, but they just played Correct. Kansas City. What what are you taking away from those games? Actually, like these these are real games that you're playing against Chicago in a bullshit stadium. I'm sorry, I don't even think Field of Dreams is that good of a movie. <laughs> like it, it's it's honestly I'm pissed at that. And I want that on the agenda. That that field makes me angry. Yeah, if I bought a ticket <laughs> for that damn ball game. I'm expecting to see no fence, cornfield. Yeah. <laughs> period yeah and no, that's what an say. actual bleacher creature on the sidelines you yeah. you're paying for that nostalgia right yeah yeah but you know so funny we do have a soft schedule coming up after even if you want to include la into that mix and i know they're sort of in postseason contention but we do have somewhat of a soft schedule coming up and these games against the mariners i know we're going to get to it are, are very important so this is the time Right now, Jays have to take advantage of these games, and what better way to do it than take three out of four against Boston? Absolutely. Craig, how much uh, are you taking from that series? And maybe I'll ask you the question, how soon do you think they could catch Oakland or Boston? 
Uh, honestly, those two teams right now are starting. Like I said, it looks like the Red, the Red Sox are fractured at the moment. They really need to figure out something to re, you know, glue this whole thing back together. I'm sorry to say their little shopping cart ain't the reason that they're going to get back together. I don't think, <laughs> but um, to that point, Oakland has shown their flaws too. And they just injected a bunch of new guys into that team that are still trying to find their footing and, you know, the Josh Harrison they got. And it's more or less, they, I felt like they grabbed like the old pirates with Starling Marte and Josh Harrison and all these guys. And it's very interesting to see, but they haven't really gelled that piece yet, even though that is obviously a big thing. Meanwhile, in Toronto, Jose Barrios looks like he's been there all season already with how he's acting with the gang there mm-hmm. on the front bench. I don't know if you guys noticed after the Manoa thing the other night with um, it, or not the Manoa thing, the uh, Twins pitcher that kind of like walked a little too close to our after the beanball to Randall Grichik, but he was one of the guys that was yelling at him, and that was one of his old teammates. So to that point, to see Barrios in on that whole thing was just insane. So I, we're on the upswing. Chemistry's perfect. Yankees. Red Sox, Oakland A's are kind of struggling, I think, to band-aid those things together. And I think it's going to make for a very, very interesting race. And then I can wish, that, honestly, guys, that I could watch the Rays and the Red Sox just pummel each other the rest of the season. I know. And yeah. the living crap out of each other so we can just sneak in and take everything. Yeah. It's getting to that point. That What was the score last night? 20, 20 to, to 9. Eight. Okay, yeah. 20 to 8. Insane. And the, and then the, the couple games before that, the Red Sox didn't even look like they belonged in that series. So it's been crazy. And I think the, it, that those two wild card spots right now are ripe for the picking. Somebody's yeah. going to step up. And right now the Blue Jays are getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they absolutely are. Here's one question. I know it's not on the agenda, but it's something I thought of last night uh, or maybe it was the night before when the Red Sox were losing pretty badly. Is it just me or do this or does this version of the Boston Red Sox kind of remind you guys of the 2014 Blue Jays and the fact that the 2014 Blue Jays had a really good start to the season, held on to the division until early July, and then snuck back down into a wild card spot, held on to the wild card spot until about mid-August, and then they just had a complete rut of form and fell out of it entirely because the 2014 Blue Jays, they were a good team. I don't think they were bad. They were definitely flawed. I think the Red Sox are flawed. We're seeing that with their bullpen and some Matt Barnes regression, uh, especially this past week, to say the least. Um, And there's still some holes in that rotation, some big holes. Um, I know they're getting Chris Sale back, but nobody can reasonably expect Chris Sale to be Chris Sale, like the ace Chris Sale, at least for a couple turns through the rotation. So I don't know. I'm kind of getting those. 2014 Blue Jays vibes with this current Boston Red Sox team and the fact that the Red Sox didn't really add anybody other than Hansel Robles um, and I think one other minor hasn't shown up yet hasn't even played exactly so I don't know Craig this kind of bleeds into the next uh, agenda topic which is uh, the Blue Jays are three back of Boston right now but they don't play them for the rest of the season and you can say that yeah I would still love to have some games on the schedule against Boston do you think it would be easier to ca- uh, catch them by playing them uh, or are you willing to take your chances with the soft schedule Boston continuing to go on a decline um, what are your thoughts on that it'd be nice to put our the fate in our own hands but to that point we still have games against Oakland and the Yankees yeah so huge. Our, it, it's not out of our control those two teams are it's a three, a four team race for three spots is really what it's, or two spots is what it's really coming down to. And we're playing two of those, th- 
other for three other teams. So I'm fine with that. It would be nice to just, t- you know, like to Adam's credit here, put a hurting on the Red Sox, but <laughs> and put knock him down a peg. But it does feel like uh, that 2014 thing where we were in the flip side of that role, too. Uh, the Blue Jays weren't able to add anything at that trade deadline or didn't want to add anything at that trade deadline. So to that point, that's where the Red Sox just did. And apparently I need to shut that because I'm starting to like bleed out. That's right. <laughs> or is this because the over. sun is coming over the Blue Jays, you know? <laughs> yeah. Out of um, yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, I get those vibes. I, I hear what you're saying. I just think that this Red Sox team is a little younger. And so I know you're not drawing direct parallels, but um, I think overall the talent is there um, a little bit more than it was present in the 2014 Blue Jays overall. Um, But I do agree with you when it comes to Chris Sale. I'm not afraid. This guy's coming off of Tommy John, right? And I don't know a single player that has come. I guess you could say Stroman. Okay, well, I take that, that wasn't an arm injury. Yeah, it was an ACL. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess, yeah, I don't know anyone that's coming mid to late season, you know, recovering from Tommy John surgery and has lit it up, right? They're relying on him, and it seems like it's it's a sink or swim whether or not Chris Sale is going to perform for this team as an ace-level pitcher, and I just don't see that. You know, baseball is, I'm stating the obvious here, but it's its a long, drawn-out process that, you know, look how long it took for George Springer to become George Springer. Yeah. I, I was going to say, like, call me crazy, and, I, and I, I'm not trying to take away from his talent either, but it finally feels like George Springer is on the team. Now, I know, like, he was paid, like, a shit ton of money, and he was a huge acquisition, and it was a bidding war against the Mets for the Blue Jays, you know, in the offseason, but... It didn't really click that he was a Blue Jay until that Boston uh, series for me. And obviously he was, but it just didn't felt like he was part of the team, you know, because he spent so much time away from the team. He was on the injured list a couple of times. He came back and it didn't work out. He still had the hamstring injury or the calf or whatever it was. I forget Um, the the leg, we'll call it. Um, But now that he's arrived and won two player of the week awards in a row, um, it just seems like he's a Blue Jay and he solidified his, his his placement in this team. I think that type of dynamic Boston lacks, right? And if if you don't have that core really pushing, and that's not to say they don't have any good players, but I just don't see how they can go on a run. I'm not seeing it. And I honestly believe, look, I, I love Oakland. I love the story. It's great. My dad was a huge Oakland fan and they pummeled, what was it, Texas today? Pummeled them today. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just think it's going to be the Yankees and Blue Jays for the wild card spot. I don't really think we have anything to worry about. So to that point right now, if you're talking pure momentum, I don't see the Yankees taking that. Red Sox, like I said, they're going to, I think the Red Sox are going to be the ones that just miss it. And I I honestly wouldn't be shocked if it's the Oakland A's and the Toronto Blue Jays right now. All right. Then we need home field. That's probably where I I agree. Although technically that's Simeon's home field. Does that, it's too big. It's too yeah. big of a park, uh, and you're I, seeing I Vladdy not adjusting. There. And yeah. so to that point, the reason that park is honestly part of it because the A's pitching is solid one through five right now. Yeah. 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 Chris Irving is establishing himself as a solid pitcher for the major league level at for the Oakland A's. And then you've already seen the other guys that have emerged in that rotation. So it's going to be very interesting to see where that whole thing goes with Oakland. To that point, they have just enough offense, but they lost their best guy to PEDs the other day and mm-hmm. uh Ramon Loriano. So yeah, true. 
So that's a nice ding for them. But then again, they turned around and got Starling Marte to fill in, and maybe Marte will show up to be Marte because right now him and Josh Harrison aren't looking like the guys of old at the yeah. moment. They're a seven-game winning streak right now. <laughs> I know, which is saying something. That's why I'm yeah. thinking that right now the momentum is on the A's and the Blue Jays' side. And honestly, the Blue Jays only seem to be pushing down on the gas harder to the point of what we've talked over the last few weeks. And uh, well, there's another nice home stretch coming in. Sure where they at <laughs> right now? It's uh, it's the 12th, right? So they got three against Texas, so it should be wins. Then it it gets tough, right? They got against Chicago, three against San Francisco, two against Seattle, which whatever, and then four against New York to close out the month. The Athletics? Not easy. Yeah. And that's before they come to Toronto, too, on that Labor Day weekend. Yep. So. Yep. Hopefully that that takes them down a couple notches. And, and right after Toronto, they got Chicago again. Oh, good. So they have a tough schedule the rest of yes. the way. It seems yeah. at least they'll probably play Texas yeah. again. They'll probably play the Angels again because they're in the same division. Probably the Mariners. They do. Wouldn't be surprised. And KC and the KC, Mariners. But they, of course. So the second to the last series is against Houston. Okay. Correct. Okay. I mean, then we play know. the Yankees on the last day of the season. So how nice would it be for us to clinch and then just knock them right out of it? Yeah. <laughs> do we? I thought we had, for some reason, I or, thought we had um, Orioles. Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. The week uh, series before, I think the Yankees is literally the last one. No, I don't it? have it in front of me. Opposite. I, opposite? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm fine then. Yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. <laughs> I'll take an easy win, a uh, few easy wins to end the season on. Although, at that point, oh. the the Orioles might be a little hungry to ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. Um, no, to it's... that point, I think I want to interject here, Brendan, if you don't yeah, yeah, mind. Some of uh, Tortoise Farmer on our chat is actually wondering how do you think we stack up against those teams as far as offense, defense, rotation, and lineup stuff. Who against like Oakland, Boston, and Oakland, the Boston, Yankees? and the Yankees? Uh, maybe go offense first if you were, you know, who we beat, who we were tied with, or any of that, or I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. When their offense clicks, they're better than all three. That's for I sure. Agree. So to um, the, as far as the pitching goes, where, where are you stacking them up on? I think right now, if you were talking pitching with those teams, the Oakland A's are the only one Oakland. on paper. Yeah. Yeah. And Oakland, looks Toronto. Yankees, um, Red Sox. Yankees, Red Sox. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, Garrett Cole isn't the Garrett Cole of old and sticky stuff be damned. Yeah. But yeah. I, I, I trust. Good. Yeah. I trust that rotation a little bit more. And it's close between the it Yankees and Boston. It's not, a, it's, it's a hair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think on our, I was starting to lean towards Ross Stripling being the guy I wanted to keep in our rotation over Steven Matz. That's too bad. Guys, when is the last time that we were in this kind of a position? Because it's a little bit different from 2015 because there was only one team to pass and that was the Yankees. And they did that quite easily uh, after mid-August or that series. They played them back in early August of 2015. 2016, they were in a playoff position pretty much the entire season. I don't remember the last time the Blue Jays were this close, had this many teams that they got to pass. And I asked that question because you, like scoreboard watching has officially begun. Like the mm -hmm. Red Sox lost today to the Rays. 8-1. So actually, the updated standards are the Blue Jays would be two and a half back of Boston for that no. final spot. A win tonight, they'd nope. be two back. They both mm, go into... They're or, two back right now. Two back right now? Even better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what? they could be a game and a half then uh, if mm -hmm. they win. Okay. Yep. yep. Even better. Perfect. So the Red Sox, after that series, they go play the Orioles for three games at Fenway, which is too bad. Uh, I would imagine they take two out of three there. Then they go play three at Yankee Stadium. And then they actually have a pretty soft schedule to close August. They go home to Texas, home to the Twins. I mean, if they don't win five out of six and that, that would be a colossal disappointment. That's in my failure mind. for their season right there. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. Let me around the tires. <laughs> and then they also close at Cleveland um, the last weekend in August. And then going into September, they play the Rays. So there is a couple tough games sprinkled in there. For the Blue Jays, they go to Seattle after their game tonight against the uh, against the Angels. So, you know what? Not quite as comparable uh, between the two teams. I would much rather be playing Baltimore than Seattle. But the Blue Jays can do themselves some favors by beating Seattle two or three times and distance themselves from Seattle a little bit more. They play Washington uh, when the Red Sox are playing the Yankees for three. Then the Tigers. It's the stretch where they have to play the White Sox for four games. That uh, that terrifies me, to be completely honest. But I don't know. Is it just me? Or is like it just feels so stressful having a scoreboard watch every night, especially when teams like Oakland win, because it's like, shit, if we lose tonight, we lose ground again. And they cannot afford to be losing ground uh, at this mm-hmm. point in the season. So I'm just thinking... I don't remember the last time it was this kind of a playoff race for the Blue Jays since like the 90s. Like because the, last yeah. the only one I can make there. the argument for and it got separated this time of year was 2003. OK, yep, that's probably true. They were in it 2014. They were spiraling out of control, but they were still kind of in it. Like, I think four games back in early September. But you could yep. tell they just didn't have the gas to overcome that distance. So I know, man, it's going to be stressful. The, the yeah, rest of the season, though, they like literally it's like it was about this time and things just went to shit. And all of a sudden, A.G. Burnett, I think, got hurt or had a blister or something. And they, Ray Halliday was obviously being Ray Halliday. But outside of him and Delgado, the whole team went flat for like two weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think we're all in agreement that um, Boston is the team that falls out of the wild card spot. And it's between the Blue Jays and the Yankees to capture that other playoff spot. Or, Adam, do you think the athletics fall out of it entirely, too? I do. I, I don't trust the longevity of the A's. I just don't. And I think, you know, when the Yankees, given the prestige of the team, when they when they have their crowd behind them, when they believe, it just seems to rifle them through. Um how much belief I don't, is there right now when Rundo Dora is one of their best players? Eh, right yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, you, you can only. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't. I don't want to hope this, but you can only hope that Rizzo gets COVID because he's an anti-vaxxer. <laughs> but let's not go there. Uh, look, it's it's not just the uh, the August schedule that you touched on for the Blue Jays. September looks really good and it looks really important, right? So you're closing out the August series, uh, August month rather, with the series against uh, the Baltimore Orioles at home. Then yep. you have Oakland coming in. Then you have to travel to New York to face the Yankees for four. Those are that whole seven game stretch. Massive. Super important. Then you have a cushion where you face the Orioles for four in Baltimore, whatever. But then you're inviting the Rays back. And if you can invite the Rays into your home mid September, you're hoping they clinched at that point. And they're just like, yeah, eh, whatever. We don't need to do. And you can. Gain some more wins, then you got host the Twins. You got to go back to the Trop. So hopefully, again, they've clinched. They don't give a shit. Then you have the Twins for four, the Yankees again, Orioles. These are important games. I have no problem, or I have no lack of confidence when it comes to the rest of August. I really don't. I think they win tonight. I think tonight's going to be a beautiful pitching matchup. Yes, I think it's going to yes. be so fun to watch. Then you got the Mariners, not afraid. Nationals, not afraid. Detroit, not afraid. Chicago. <laughs> If you can split, you're good. Then you got Detroit again, and then, like I said, Baltimore. August is good. August is the games you need to take advantage of to gain yes. more confidence. September is going to be the motherfucker. Yes. Can I yeah. point out something ironic and funny here? This is the guy that was saying that we are not going to make the playoffs about, what, three weeks ago, and now he's going no, down. No. For- 
I said, as constructed, they I are know not that's true. <laughs> I should have changed the name of the episode to Not Afraid. And <laughs> <laughs> that's your episode t- name next week, Adam. <laughs> not afraid, not afraid. Yeah, Adam, you touched on that pitching matchup tonight. Let's move on to the last game of this Angels series. Jose Barrios making his third start for the Blue Jays against Shohei Otani. Um, MLB is hyping this up as the MLB home run leader is pitching to the second place uh, home run leader in Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Um Tonight must be has to be a must win, doesn't it? Considering that Oakland won today and the Red Sox lost. Oh yeah, yes, hundred percent. To me, this is perfect. Can't script it, right? Yeah, this it's it's must win territory. Um, you want to close out a, a a trip, you know, out west, uh, even though they're going to Seattle. But you know, you want to close out a series against the Angels. Uh, winning it. I don't want to split this series. I just don't. I I, I think they're a better team. Yeah, you know, and Otani, phenom. I get it. And it, it's not like they can just walk in and I'm claiming victory. It's I think it's going to be challenging. But you got it. You just got to muscle through it. And I know we're going to talk about Vladdy, and I really can't wait to do it. But it's time to turn it around. It's time to gather yourself and believe in yourself and be what you were in midseason form. I know it's easier said than done, way easier said than done, but you got to win this game. You got to take advantage of these hiccups. You got to take advantage of Boston slipping. Yes. Uh, it, maybe the Yankees lose tonight. Who knows? Because like I said, it's a bullshit stadium. Maybe the <laughs> Yankees lose and you just have to take advantage of these games. So the, we're at the point of the series in the season rather that every single game matters. Every one of them. That's why it's so stressful. Craig, how about you? What are you looking forward to tonight? Do you think Barrios goes out there and throws a gem? I think we're going to get a what could have been a Cy Young matchup if Barrios got off to a better start this season tonight. Barrios has been on fire, and honestly, he's been showing that completely, that he's moving right with what he picked, you know, started finally reestablishing with the uh, Twins for this season. Because like I said, it was rough for him the first month of the season. April was not a good time for Jose Barrios. So to the fact that he's turned around his season to what he has and how good he's been doing, it's going to be, I, I'm expecting jack and shit from offense on both teams tonight. I'm sorry to say it, and I'm calling the fact that it's going to be a Blue Jay home run off of Otani in some fashion. That's going to be like pretty much the, the deciding factor tonight. That'd be nice. Because they're, I, the, the bats are too hot for one of them not to just find crazy lumber contact with one of those fastballs from Otani and watch it sail over the one of those corners in that shallow, weird field on the down the lines. Because you guys, even though they add that wall to the you know, the out of town scoreboard and everything there in right field for the A's, it's only halfway up the home run. You hit that no, wall, your home run. It's the weirdest thing in the world. You know, they had an opportunity for a, an opposite green monster and they screwed it up. <laughs> so, um, it's going to be an epic battle. I really do think so because um, Otani's been Otani and the Barrios has literally had a fire lit under his ass with this team. And I don't see him doing anything but pitch like these hair, this hair is on fire all the rest of the season. That'd be nice. It just feels like his arrival has made everything click in the rotation because oh, yeah. they've been quite good. Even Steven Matz, you know, for his shortcomings after his first three incredible starts to the season. Um, he's been okay. He's a serviceable number five. Like, you're not going to complain about what you get from him. You'll get some pretty bad. You'll get some potentially really good, but usually right in the middle. Four runs, maybe five runs on a bad day. Uh, that's plenty for the Blue Jays' offense to come back from. But, yeah, I think they win tonight. Um, and I'm kind of with you, Craig. I think it'll be low scoring. 
something where it's like maybe a home run puts them up to nothing and maybe they can uh, pitch the rest of the way to a victory. But uh, yeah, it, it, so it is. I was just, tonight. I was just looking at the pitching comparison for tonight. George Springer apparently has found a way to hit Shohei Itani in six at bats. He's been 677 with a home run and three RBIs. Marcus Semien is also just under 300 with him and seven at bats. So that's like what, two hits, three hits. <laughs> so, um, but then you look on the flip side of that, guys that have faced Jose Barrios a lot in the um, Los Angeles Angels' lineup. And the only one that's even moderately has any success is Jose Iglesias. <laughs> to, Adam, Adam, to Adam's point, not not fair, not afraid. <laughs> yeah. Not scared. Yeah, not, not scared. But yeah, there's there's four guys in their lineup that are probably going to be starting tonight that have over 12 at bats up against Jose Barrios. And the only guy batting 300 or even above 100 for that matter is Jose Iglesias. Hey, good. Good. <laughs> so that spells good things. Yeah, I, I think so, too. But yeah, let's move on because uh, you've mentioned you both mentioned the offense has done pretty well. And that is uh, I wouldn't say a surprise because they have so many good uh, offensive players. But the main catalyst for this entire season, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has not been very good in the last couple of weeks, batting under 200 in his last seven games or so. Um it's just weird to see the guy in a slump and you can tell he's frustrated. And I don't know if he brought that into the field. I think I'll attribute that lack of a play on the pop-up on Tuesday to the sun. It really was. I think he just lost it in there, but you can just see the frustration growing by the day. It's baseball. Exactly. So Adam, um, is this simply the first slump of Lad's season? And that's pretty incredible that the first slump is coming in mid August. That's just how good he's been since day one. Uh, is it maybe some fatigue because this is his first full one 162 in the big leagues? I know we came up in April of 2019, but that wasn't the Vladimir Guerrero Jr. that we have now. Uh, or maybe is he pressing a little bit, seeing how well George Springer's done? Or, you know what, there's a couple other factors too. A lot of his, or he really started to slide after he got moved up into the two-hole. So I don't know, is it a combination of everything? What do you attribute these uh, struggles to? Yeah, I think it's he's just tired. Um, these are the, like I said, these are the times within the year that players start to break down and it's not like they haven't been dinged up for the majority of the year. Um, but this is a player, him along with Bo, uh, and Craig, as you mentioned, other players on the team too, that's never experienced a full season. Um, I think it would be close to the end of the, I don't know how many series the minor league season has at this point, maybe five or six. Um, but it's, it's. It's something that you have to sort of make the adjustment. And I, it's unfortunate that he's never had the opportunity to do that. You know, last year being what it was, the year before, the service time manipulation and whatnot. But this is what you have to deal with. Um, I'm not seeing anything wrong with him mechanically. I'm not seeing anything wrong with him in terms of being ridiculously injured and something that we have to be overly concerned with. Um, I know it seems like he's trying some things out when it comes to superstition. But it's just a slump. It happens. Uh, the best of them, yeah, the be- the best of them go through a slump. You fail 70% of the time, you are considered amazing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and to that point, I, he was above amazing. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, to that, if you do a third time, if you're hitting every third time, it's 333 batting average. And he was at yeah. 350 for a while. <laughs> Did yeah, anybody expect you know, that to last? He's still batting 316, and everybody thinks the world is ending. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, August hasn't been favorable to him, right? And, and I, batting average doesn't tell the whole, sto- whole story, but he's hitting under 200. 
Um, and he's only got, let me see, two home runs within that span. So it's just 11 games. It's not terrible. And it's probably going to round up if we're going to, you know, bet the, the average here, probably finish the month batting around 200. But like I said, this team is hot as it is, right? You still have George Springer to, to sort of pick it up. You have Simeon who has been performing well, he's going to pick it up. Um, the bottom of the order, how, somehow, yeah. like Valera and Espinal right. and Maguire, whatever, they're, they've been Hot performing well. Hot bottle there. Yeah. And so now you got Kirk time. on top of that. Yeah, this is the time you want them in him in a slump. If you were supposed, obviously, maybe the beginning of the year, that would be better. But if you're going to choose a time, given what everyone around him is doing, minus Bo, um, you, you can afford to. He's just got to get right in, in September. September is the month that you have to take advantage of those wins, like I said. And and really battle. And I'm not overly concerned. I, I know it's because he's been so amazing. People are seeing this dichotomy in performance. Yes. I'm just Still I'm not MVP. concerned. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, if and when and I'm lean, again leaning towards when we get into the playoffs, I think we're going to see him unleashed for that wild card oh. game. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have noticed it and they've mentioned it a few times and I was starting to suspect this a little bit during uh, before it. Pat Tabler and all them were catching on to a little bit. I don't know if you've noticed it, but it starts, it's not that his swing or anything has changed, but it seems like he's loading a little late. Yes. So he's getting to the ball, and that's why he's almost to the point where he's almost taking everything the opposite way now because yeah, he isn't getting that travel where he was, you know, right here, boom, all the way back here when the ball's coming in because he's kind of almost getting here and then having to come. So it's short punching it and that's why he's everything's going the other way and right at people but to that point he has sprinkled in a few bat at bats over the last series here that i think he's heading back in the right direction that i think he could be doing what he's been doing but that point you said with fatigue and everything that's yeah. the kind of stuff that plays into this and uh it's muscle memory to a point but then certain things muscles get tired guess what you don't get here there all the time and uh it, things just don't happen perfectly. You can't be Max Scherzer and have the exact same mechanics every game that you've ever played in <laughs> for your whole existence. I encourage you, look at something from his Detroit stuff and look here and try overlaying the pictures. It will look exactly the same. It's freaking ridiculous. Um, they did it on uh, MLB Network a couple weeks ago. But to that point, Vladdy is going to be right in the very new future, I think. And these couple days that they sprinkled him in with DHs in days off lately, are going to help that. Yeah. No, I think you're let's, right. Let's not uh, discount travel too. Right. Yeah. You know, the last time they were on the West coast was in May. Yeah. True. In Oakland. Yeah. So it's been a while. Yeah. yeah. To that point, finally having a home, maybe he had a little extra fun with the team being home. <laughs> yeah. You never know. <laughs> That's possible. The return to Toronto hangover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I do know from uh, somebody who, work uh, or used to work at a bar close by Kevin and Bo went to the Fox and fiddle uh, after one of the games yeah. uh, after one of the there Toronto games. I think it was after the first one. So they, I guess I think the place you told me to go. I, I remember enjoying it. Yeah, no, it's a good spot. It's a good spot and players do show up there from time to time, but you know, yeah, I think it's honestly something that uh, definitely worth monitoring. Uh, if this continues a little bit more, maybe into bleeds into next week a little bit, but over the long run, he'll get back to doing what he was doing and, Craig, to your point about uh, loading up a little bit late. Um, yeah, that's what Shulman, Buck, Tabby, even um, what's his face, Joe Siddle uh, on uh, Sportsnet. They all said the same thing. So I think I attribute that having very limited knowledge of swing mechanics, not playing much baseball when I was growing up, to fatigue, to be completely honest. He's just a little bit late, timing a little yeah. bit off. As soon as he gets it back, 
he will be ready to go. And if you combine that's that, what happens in a season. Exactly. That's how it is. It's, it's, it's literally the job of the pitchers to mess with that. And totally. they found a way to get into his head a little bit to the point or is a tired thing. And guess what? He'll figure it out. Yeah. He's still one of the best professional hitters in baseball, regardless of this. So people need to <laughs> just get yeah. chill. Yeah. You're basically telling them what Aaron Rodgers told Packers fans uh, a few years ago. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Yes. <laughs> just to say, I'll show you how I'm already going to pick him as my pick to click if you guys give me an opportunity. Just saying. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see who wins and gets to lead off with those picks. But uh, that seems like a smart bet, to be honest, going into Seattle. But no, I don't think it's anything to worry about, but definitely something to monitor uh, as the series goes along. And speaking of the upcoming series, we are going to Seattle uh, tonight. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the Seattle Mariners probably contacted the uh, the office of the president and said, don't open the border so that Canadians don't flock down here and over on our stadium. Uh, so it won't be the same home field advantage they normally get when they're on the West Coast and people coming down from Vancouver uh, and Alberta uh, to come see the Blue Jays, which is unfortunate because they could have used that lift. And a lot of players have not seen that yet uh, since they've been up at the big leagues and just how huge the Blue Jays fan base is. But regardless, two to three coming up against Seattle and they go to Washington for two games next week, a very slumping national team nationals team who sold at the deadline. So considering gentlemen that tonight's a must win, I would say any night the Red Sox Yankees or athletics win, it's a must win. And that will be that way for the rest of the season. But Adam, what are you expecting from this upcoming series is two to three, a failure, uh, would you be happy with that or go for the jugular and get the sweep? Because you got to start mixing in some sweeps. I know they did that with Kansas City. They almost did that with Cleveland. They almost did that with Boston. But those games that you start, you don't take advantage of, you just don't gain the ground in the standings. And that's just where we are considering all those blown opportunities back in May and early June when the bullpen's really struggling. Um, I'm not sure that it's, it's fair. And maybe that's the wrong term. But again... I always go on the conservative side. If they take two out of three, I'm not hating. I'm not discouraged. I'm, I, you just, yeah, you got to win games, but you also have to win series, right? Yep. And if you win series, you get into the playoffs. Cito Gaston, haha. Um, <laughs> yeah, but there it is. It, I was just going to yeah, say it. Cito, Cito, Cito. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll take two out of three, and I don't want to, I know we're going to get into picks to click, but I'm not going to be disappointed. It's not a failure. Those games against uh, Washington and Detroit, those are the games that you should be looking for a sweep, especially a two-gamer against uh, Washington. Um, Mariners are still in the hunt for a wild-card spot, so they, they get a little fire there, whereas the Nationals and the Tigers, it's neither here nor there. They don't care. So you should be winning those games. You need to take advantage of those those wins uh, and those series. You need to sweep those. But for the Mariners, would I like a sweep? Of course. But am I disappointed if they go two out of three? I think at that point, if any Blue Jays fans are greedy i mean are disappointed they're being greedy at that point yeah that's fair craig how about you to that point i i think two out of three they're going to take against the mariners and I, to honestly i'd be more insulted if they somehow lost a game to the nationals yeah <laughs> yeah, <same>. yeah <laughs> that that offense looks just depleted i they've they've strung some good things together a couple of times but it just doesn't look right in that ballpark right now with what's going on with the nats um I feel bad for Juan Soto, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But to that point, I think the Mariners actually still have enough, but they're gonna they're trying to make a run at this whole thing, but they just don't have enough in the tank. I don't think it's they're they're in that spot where we were in 2019, right? They just had some the things break right for them 
unlike 2019 for us, where obviously we struggled to even get somebody to pitch five innings. <laughs> so yeah. um, they have enough going right for them that they're, I think they're going to steal one win out of from us, from that series. I just don't see that as avoidable even um, where the Nats, we better sweep them and just yes. take it. And then that will help establish this stuff while the other teams, like we were saying, are kind of crumbling a little bit and ride the wave. They have all the momentum in the world right now. It, it would suck to watch that go off the rails against these two teams. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think three and two in those five games would be a disappointment. I don't think that gains them any ground. Four and one definitely could gain them some ground in the standings and maybe get another game closer to Boston. Um, I know they are playing Baltimore, but maybe you take advantage of that one loss potentially that Boston has against the Orioles this coming weekend. And you know what? Even next week when the Red Sox play the Yankees for three games in two days, because one of them's a doubleheader, um, you got to imagine that the Yankees want are, are going to use that as an opportunity to maybe catch and surpass the Red Sox because a sweep and that gets them into the wild card. So take advantage of those games against Washington, gain more ground, and honestly, just start trying to catch Boston and then eventually put them behind in the rearview mirror and have one less team to worry about. And then it's you, the Athletics, and the Yankees, which is, I think, pretty much the theme of the conversation that seems where it's going to go. Uh, Red Sox falling out of the picture and then battling between the Yankees, Athletics, and Blue Jays for two wildcard spots. And could be any one of those hosting the game. Could be any one of those that uh, have to go on the road. Could be any one of those three potential matchups too, which is actually really, really exciting. And yeah. I don't know about you guys, but a wildcard game, preferably at home, uh, against mm-hmm. the Yankees, a team that we haven't played in the playoffs and God knows when, I don't know if ever, uh, would be... I don't think they've played a home game against the Yankees ever probably, in the playoffs. I don't know if they've even played a road game against them looking back at 92-93. Yeah. So that would be terrifying, but also very <laughs> satisfying if they were to go and beat the Yankees. Extra more satisfying if it was at Yankee Stadium. But uh, What a way to establish this young core if you were able to go do that and take a dump in their backyard. Oh. <laughs> Exactly. Oh, yeah, exactly. It would just be <laughs> incredibly gratifying. Um, yeah, looking ahead, um, Chris Flexen tomorrow night for Seattle has had himself a decent season, 381 ERA. The one that could be interesting and will probably get a lot of viewers over in Asia, Yusei Kikuchi is going on Saturday against Hunjin Ryu. Kikuchi's their ace, 373 ERA. And then Logan Gilbert uh, with a 405 ERA on Sunday. And I'm assuming they haven't announced but Robbie Ray's turn in the rotation mm-hmm. is tomorrow. Hunjin Ryu on Saturday. And then Steven Matz is in line for the start on Sunday, which it sucks because Ross Stripling got off to such a good start last night, or was it two nights ago? In the uh, Yeah, two nights ago uh, when he left with the oblique injury. And I don't know about you guys, but that feels like a bit of a gut punch because it was trending towards, I think, Ross Stripling staying in the rotation and Steven Matz leaving the rotation. So final topic uh, before we get into picks to click, how much does the loss of Ross Stripling hurt this rotation? Or do you think they can kind of balance that out with Steven Matz? Craig, why don't you start? So I was at about a week ago, I was thinking 50, 50. I really didn't care who, but just watching what Ross Stripling has been able to do and kind of, I feel like that's the reward to his season, right? He's been somehow managing to get better every week. And I don't think anybody really saw that coming. Like you, I, I think, Brendan, I think you were the one that mentioned that it was this year's Marco Estrada. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of like, okay, we didn't know what we were really going to get. Great, he's on the team. You're going to get something good, but you never expected it to be this. Yeah. I'm not saying he's an ace by any means. 
But to that point, he is better than most of the fifth starters in baseball at that point. Even to that point, Steven Matz is too. But there is something extra going on with what Ross Tripling's been doing. And I would have liked to see him get a couple more starts and have the chance to run away with it. Where I feel like Steven Matz regressed enough to the point of it was like, okay, great. Is it going to be, it's a Jekyll and Hyde situation. Was it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? And it was either going to be one of the two. There was no <laughs> in the middle there, right? So um, I figured his his arm would play better out of the uh, bullpen for the time being. And that's nothing new to either of them because Seaman Matz even did that last year in 2020 for the Mets. So to that point, I was looking forward to having Ross Stripling be going for this for the fifth starter now that we know Alec Manoa is basically never going to be going anywhere from this rotation because yeah. <laughs> he is godlike all of a sudden, like as far as like video game level of stats, right? For it's a rookie. Incredible. I think we need to talk on that for a minute. <laughs> but to that point, I think Ross Stripling would have been the nicer one to have. But I think when he gets healthy, I don't see anything changing in Steven Matz's repertoire or anything to cement that role for him. I think it's going to be one of those situations that they're going to have to reevaluate once the oblique is healed up for Stripling. Yeah, and that's a tricky injury, isn't it, Adam? You never know with obliques, especially with pitchers. Oh, yeah. No, he's going to – I don't think he, we're going to see him until at least September. Um, but what a world, what a fucking world we're in where we're saying, oh man, Ross Stripling, right. leaving the rotation. It's a blow to the rotation. This is a guy come, I think it was in May where we were on this podcast and said, how much more wiggle room can we yeah. give Ross Stripling? <laughs> but and to I that said, point, he wasn't completely start. in the, um, crap, the nationals guy that we lost, we hated. I've already pushed him out of my brain. What do you mean? The sure picture that we had. That we were trying to get that used to be on the Nats. Oh, oh, we were, oh, oh, Roark. Oh, Roark. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't putting him in yeah. the Roark category yet. No, 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 no. But we, I remember saying we were going to give him one more. We're going to give him one yeah. more start to see. And it's, it was literally it that out. one more. <laughs> yeah, he's had some hiccups here and there. And against Boston, it's they're sort of the bane of his, his starting uh, career as a Blue Jay. But you know, what a world we're living in where Ross Stripling, when he goes down with an oblique injury, which, as you mentioned, Brennan, it's costly for pitchers. We're not overly concerned because, again, it's whatever, but we're thinking to ourselves, oh, man, he was he was all right for us. He, yeah, he sort of figured really it out. Good. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas Matt's... Uh, it's yeah, a really uh, bad time for Anthony K to be hurt right now, and I think yeah. he'd be here. Um, but you take what you can get. These are must wins games and you got to rely on your offense to sort of pick up the slack and put up a seven or eight spot to have that cushion for the bullpen, which to its credit has been much improved. My Trent Thorne. Um, <laughs> it, it's whatever. I, I, am I concerned about him being gone? Not terribly. If he's back, just give him two starts to not pitch, right? Give him two starts yeah. off. That should be enough. And come September, we'll see what we got. You could even potentially go down a man in the rotation. Maybe not because it's only two games and then they got a whole stretch. But I was just thinking if he could go down to four for a little while, like what they did earlier in the season. But I don't think that will work out too well. But yeah, it was definitely trending in the direction of Steven Matz going to the bullpen and Ross Tripling staying in the rotation with what he's done outside of everybody not named Boston. Uh, and you don't <laughs> play Boston anymore for the rest of the season until maybe the playoffs. So Stripling was pretty firmly entrenched in that five spot. And it does suck that he's gone because he seems like such a 
easy guy to root for in a way like yeah. he podcasts his podcast is quite good um i'm a fan of his think he's a good guy uh but yeah at the end of the day i think you're right adam i'd be surprised if uh, we don't see him until maybe mid-september maybe early september at best because obliques are tricky especially with pitchers probably more so um hitters and position players but still the torque that you got to get from uh from your midsection uh as a pitcher uh can't be understated at uh at all his uh, his facial expressions when when things suck for him are just gold. It's just <laughs> it's it's a facial expression like yes, yeah, like yeah, he just yeah, yeah. Knows it. He doesn't hide from it, and his post games are great. Where he's just like, I I was terrible. Like I just saw, <laughs> and he's genuine about it. I mean, you're right. How could you not like the guy? I understand it was frustrating in the beginning of the season, but he's probably one of the most genuine people on this team. Very honest interviews is what he gives. Yes. And he's open yes. to it, too. He's like, hey. he's a little too honest, too, but. <laughs> he's like, hey, <laughs> I went, I went to Walker, <laughs> the pitching doctor, and he fixed me when I was going through some rough spots, and he's not afraid to admit that. No, that's a sign of a guy who's bought into analytics and what the Blue Jays are doing on the coaching side of things. So all good stuff there outside yeah. the injury, unfortunately. Uh, How Craig much does Steven Matz remind you of, like, Brian Tallett or Scott Downs with the Jekyll and Hyde thing? <laughs> or is yeah. that just DJ Comp? I'd say you guys were thinking Brian Tallett. Yeah. yeah. I'm not thinking he's full Scott Downs because Scott Downs at least somehow found a way to give you four solid innings. Where yeah, Ryan Tapp was a complete wild card, where he'd either give you five shutout innings or he'd blow up in the first inning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he had that stash, bro. Yeah, oh, did he have the mutton chops for a little while too? I know that was McGowan. Yeah, pretty sure uh, yeah. had like the Wolverine. Oh, I missed us McGowan. <laughs> 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 yes, Craig, was there any uh, any comments on the uh, the live feed? Considering that we're not recording during a game, uh, looking at the Twitter feed, everybody's watching the Field of Dreams game, which is apparently really really cool with the way they did the intros. But was there anything that anybody any questions from any of our listeners tonight? Nope. I've snuck them all in. <laughs> the one from tortoise farmer whoever, whoever you are are you actually a tortoise farmer like tell us <laughs> kind of interesting that sounds like an awesome profession just saying yeah yeah <laughs> what, what do you do for a living oh i'm a tortoise farmer what? <laughs> kind of jealous yeah, you heard me. <laughs> but um, to that point we were talking a minute ago about alec manoa do you does anybody want to chime in on like basically he's the best rookie pitcher like Ever in his first 10 starts after the other night. He's been incredible. There's no other way of saying he's, that. He's the only only rookie pitcher to throw seven strikeouts in a row. That one start. And now he's got the lowest ERA in Blue Jay history through 10 starts. And yeah. I don't know if you saw the graphic the other night. The company that he's in is with Jimmy Key, Marcus Stroman, um, Calvin Escobar, and I forget the big one. Did you say Juan, Juan Guzman? Guzman? I didn't say Juan Guzman. That was the one I was thinking in my head. And watching Juan Guzman pitch when I was a kid was one of the coolest things on the planet. That guy was electric. So watching that same kind of thing going on with Alec Manoa has been very impressive. Can't it's everything say it, we wanted Nate Pearson to be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Honestly. In, in years where teams make the playoffs, you always have that one guy who makes a major step forward as a rookie. And Alec Manoa has done that like 
20,000 times over at this point. It's been incredible yeah. how it's locked down that rotation spot. And yeah. imagine the rotation without him. I mean, I know yep. we're crediting on this episode Barrios being kind of like that final piece to make the rotation go, but Manoa very much equally uh, the same uh, on that front. It's uh, pretty remarkable what he's done to say. Watching his enthusiasm has been just awesome, too. He's yeah. like a little out there when he's in the dugout and everything and goofing around with the guys wasn't he part of the i'm taping bloody up crew too uh, <laughs> yes they tied him to the bench yeah. <laughs> him and his bromance with hunjin ryu too is uh very interesting to say the least you would never picture those two together but on manoa's instagram story on monday him and hunjin ryu went shopping i think on rodeo boulevard or whatever it's called in la so they have formed quite the bromance uh over the course of this season which is kind of fun uh that's only better for both of them too because they're gonna f- each feet off of each other and uh, obviously be that much better for that whole situation too. That's what's great about the chemistry on this team period. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So with that gentlemen, let's move on to picks to click for the next five games, because when we record on Thursday, there won't be a game and it's a nice, even clean uh, broadcasting schedule or recording schedule for us, considering that there's no overlap in series like the last couple of weeks. So Craig, do the honors. What were the picks to click last week? And let's vote on who gets the honor this week. <laughs> um, Mr. Panikar, you had Jose Barrios, Adam, Marcus Semyon, and I had Bo. Oops. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, names, I, I think Simeon. Can uh, we? No, hold on. Let's hold off till tomorrow. Okay. At the end of the series. Okay. Yeah. Because if he lights it up tonight, it's yours. What, Barrios? <laughs> Yes. But to that point, though, it might be that even already because Semyon had a eh, eh, week, right? I'm not I mean, he had a walk off. The walk off. Walk off in a couple doubles the other night. I don't think he's home oh, okay, so. since then, but he's had a good week. Um, okay. So at that point, days. we're saying without a complete, you know, another repeat of his last performance. We're saying that Adam is winning with Marcus Semyon currently. Right now, yes. yes. But Adam, if you're yeah. willing to give it, but <laughs> yeah, I'll give you, I'll give it the night. Okay, and yes. you know what? Let's put it to a vote uh, on the Twitter poll yeah. tomorrow. Get some engagement that way, and we All will right. announce it on our next Tie show. Breaker. You know what, Adam? Because you're in the lead right now with with Simeon. If things like if Brios does not have a good start tonight, even if he has a good start but they don't win, or he's kind of like meh, um, I think you win with Simeon. So why don't you lead, lead things off with your pick to click? All right. Um, I'm going to ride the wave. Let's go, Georgie. Springer. <laughs> Feeling a little springy, huh? I am. <laughs> Keep it going. Okay. Craig? Oh, you're going to let me take Vlad because I think it's going to happen. Go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I had somebody I'm else. I'm feeling it, man. Because watching those at-bats, yes, I stayed up and watched the whole game last night. Man, that's watching a good him last Watching him swing last night was uh, making me feel pretty damn good. But I and I it I was on the fence between picking him on a upswing because I want to be that guy, or just running with Tay Oscar, who has been Fuego. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. That, you, you you took my pick there. You didn't take it, but you said who is going to be. I'm I'm taking Tay Oscar Hernandez. Like that grand slam, the first of his career last night yeah. uh, gets him going a little bit more. And if Vlad struggles. Uh, in the Seattle series, Teoscar will be the one who needs to pick up the slack. But I do like, if you still believe in protection in batting orders, Teoscar is a great guy to have right behind Vladimir Guerrero Jr. So oh, yeah. apparently that needs no protection at all. Yeah. <laughs> Oscar Hernandez. But to that point, I want to say, too, that Loris Gurriel Jr. has found a way to, you know, heat up a little bit with a bat over the last few weeks, too. So that would have been a nice. 
would be nice if he is able time. to get hot. Uh, but yes, going to be interesting tonight. It's going to be fun. Blue Jays fans, we hope you enjoy the epic pitching matchup that's in store for us. Jose Brios, Shohei Otani, consider this episode of Jaybird watching kind of like your pregame show uh, and also hopefully predicting the future uh, of the Blue Jays getting into the playoffs ahead of the Red Sox uh, and maybe ahead of the Athletics. Uh, but uh, any final closing words, gentlemen, uh, before we do two claps and a Ric Flair and a thank you to uh, Stadium Scene as well? Yeah. Uh, happy birthday, Blue Jays. Uh, this day, 1976, they were born. Woo! So uh, happy birthday to the Blue Jays. Um, and uh, one month from today, let's go Buffalo Bills. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> NFL does kick off one month today, so that's going to be fun. Um, yeah. Craig, anything you want to add before we close it off? He already beat me in everything. He's too good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, gentlemen. Let's give it two claps and a Rick Fern to get vaccinated. Ready? One, two, three. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done